This is America's Roundtable from Washington, D.C., an initiative of the U.S.-based think tank International Leaders Summit in partnership with Lancer Broadcasting in Michigan. We thank you for joining us on America's Roundtable. I am Jolan Ansami, your co-host joined by Natasha Sardoj, economist and co-founder of the International Leaders Summit. America's Roundtable brings together leading voices from business, government, media, and the public policy arena. Subscribe to America's Roundtable on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, and via YouTube on International Leaders Summit. Visit iLeadersSummit.org. It is my great pleasure to introduce Congressman Brad. Before joining Liberty University as Dean of the Business School, Dr. Dave Brad served in the United States Congress for Virginia's 7th District. His knowledge base comes from years of experience in business as an economic consultant with Arthur Anderson and the World Bank and over 20 years of work in higher education, teaching economics and ethics. He also served as the president of the Virginia Association of Economists and was a member of the Virginia Board of Accountancy. Dr. David Brad serves on the Executive Advisory Board of the International Leaders Summit. Welcome, Congressman Brad. Hey, thank you so much, Natasha and Joel, and thanks to the America's Roundtable and uh, all the work you do for the International Leaders Summit, the Jerusalem Leaders Summit. Uh, pleasure to be on with you. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. Congressman Brad. we discussed a few times already about economic downturn and what is transpiring through the coronavirus uh, epidemic. Uh, so sustainable economic growth and record high employment under President Trump was interrupted by China's coronavirus in February, which led to the shutdown of the segments of the economy. The ensuing economic downturn turned into a V-shaped recovery due to the solid economic foundation built by President Trump's administration and timely stimulus package, which was adopted in March 2020. Now, on one side, we have stricter lockdown measures. On the other side, we have two vaccines that were just approved and vaccinations have started. Congressman Brad, what are your thoughts about the U.S. economy at this stage and the next steps to secure economic growth? Yeah, well, thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, my thoughts, unfortunately, are not positive at this point. Uh, I've recently run into an author by the name of Joel Kotkin, K-O-T-K-I-N. I refer his book to everyone for a, a quick read on what's to come. The title of his book is Neo-Feudalism. And for you scholars of the uh, Middle Ages out there, that's that's not a good thing when it comes to economic growth. And so uh, it's, uh, as you said, President Trump came in uh, and just the anticipation of his policies uh, led the markets to highs before he even got to office. And so we had uh, some good momentum going there. We had some good energy, but all of it is within the new international paradigm and, and, and context that's shaping up. But basically, that's taking the form of state capitalism following China. And the uh, President Trump uh, was attacked for four years before he was sworn in. Uh, the deep state uh, went after him and his policies, etc. I'm, I'm not going to go into that. Uh, but uh, state control, state capitalism, and government control and power are growing and growing and growing right now. Our six firms are worth more than all of the European stock markets combined. In the United States, have a market capitalization or a value equal to all of Europe's stock markets combined. 
And so uh, I hate to get all academic on people, but uh, the folks who have followed the Judeo-Christian West uh, know that uh, we established the rule of law and freedom, and freedom paradoxically comes uh, through the rule of law. And right now, our First Amendment is under attack. People are being canceled and banned from free speech. If you hold a pro-business, uh, free market, uh, or constitutional point of view, you can be banned by Twitter and all of the big platforms out there. Being pro-business these days uh, only fits within the big business paradigm. And so uh, we, we need to get back to our first principles, and uh, I'll just spell it out a little more clearly. In order to have working markets, you can go to Adam Smith or Milton Friedman uh, as another synthesis between you know the great Scottish movement, Milton Friedman, uh, on freedom. And markets require a, a large number of suppliers and a large number of demanders in order to have a market. And so we need to go back to our first principles and not, not only study them, but apply them and demand uh, that as a country, we return back to these uh, principles when it comes time uh, to implement policy. We're talking about trade deals, uh, et cetera. The logic I'm laying out has to apply in the real world. It's not just cute and theoretical, right? Like, boy, it'd be nice to have free markets. It's we're losing free markets and we're losing freedom by the day right now. And so, you know, at Liberty University, uh, we're going to be reaching out uh, in the spring. We have a huge program called Equity for Africa, reaching out to the poorest of the poor in the world. And, uh, you know, one of the things we can do is equity. By equity, I mean capital, right? Cultivating capital for Africa. And we can, in the U.S., start to realign our capital from uh, the Chinese supply chains back to friends in Africa who need that capital and who will work with us on uh, shared Judeo-Christian values. Uh, a lot of these issues with China, China has declared war on us. Uh, there's nothing to work through. When they, they wrote their book in uh, 1999 called Unrestricted Warfare, uh, they declared an information, economic, technological war against us. They've been executing. Uh, they were involved in this election. I think the intelligence agencies yesterday uh, have let it uh, be known uh, that they have evidence uh, to support that claim. And there's a big debate going on the Hill right now. But to think that we're going to work through uh, economic agreements with someone who's ready to punch you in the face, uh, America's got to quit being so naive and gullible. I mean, it, it's just extraordinary. We're, we're, a, we're a kind, warm, loving Judeo-Christian people, uh, but God also made us uh, with minds in his own image, and we need to start thinking uh, more clearly about who our true friends are. Mm -hmm. And so uh, when it comes to the rest of the world, uh, India has great potential for friendship. Uh, Asia, they're all yearning for U.S. leadership. And ironically, President Trump's America First uh, ended up producing better friendships and more real, substantive uh, economic and trade relationships uh, than the old global order, which was all built for the elites. I mean, you opened up a, a number of topics which are very interesting, and I just wanted to reiterate instead of exporting principles of the free markets, 
we are in in the many countries there is a void because there is no free market and they're also operating with huge monopolies that were established by corrupt networks in let's say in eastern europe and in, in other places as well so we are not exporting our free market principles and have been importing corruption from a number of countries which we've seen recently with Biden's family, with China, with Russia, with Ukraine. Wherever U.S. companies come, it means that they are breaking monopolies, that they are trying to establish the free markets, because we do have a high standards. And the world knows that we have Foreign Corrupt Practices Act, which does not allow U.S. companies to bribe foreign officials. So we have a higher standard. There is a void, and we need to am amplify U.S. leadership. And uh, what uh, President Trump did was tremendous, because we understood that there is a fear from the U.S. leadership which was principled after a long time. You also mentioned China, uh, Congressman Brad, and the monopolies. Uh, let's start with the monopolies, because one of the major governments' role in a free market economy is to break any monopolies. And this is not a partisan issue. We are seeing major monopoly abuse, as you said, by big tech, by pharmaceutical companies, just three of them providing insulin for over 100 million Americans. Uh, we have health insurance market with just few companies providing health insurance for individual states and um, in other segments of the economy. So what are the federal government and our legislators waiting for in order to break these monopolies? Well, they're waiting for checks that are sufficiently big from someone else other than the big uh, corporate firms, and that's the problem. And so they're being paid, they're being silenced, uh, and if they speak out, right, Zuckerberg just put four or five hundred million dollars uh, into the election this cycle, and the rest, uh, Twitter is, is canceling people, and uh, it's a risky place. And so what the U.S. Congress on both sides, more the Democratic side, right, with the Biden uh, piece, Biden is just a, a follow-up to Obama who let uh, China have their way. And so what we can no longer do is just uh, allow self-interested firms to do what they want, right? I have strong libertarian leanings uh, if you have free markets in the first place, but we do not have that right now. So to talk like a libertarian is to talk in a dream, dream space. And so you're right, but the answer has to lie in a populist regrouping. And it's amazing the Biden brothers, the, the socialist camp, Bernie, Sanders, etc., they have a lot in common with the conservative populace. We don't think in just uh, identity politics and race. Uh, we know the evidence is actually otherwise. It's actually, uh, there are huge uh, economic uh, splits in the population and, and the far left, the Marxists, the new left, uh, they're more concerned with identity politics. You don't hear them mention the poorest of the poor anymore. Right. They're not the old Democrat Party that used to care about labor and labor unions uh, and the working poor and wages that have been flat for 40 years uh, and the kids education in the inner city. You don't hear anything from the left about that. The new realm that has uh, a lot of open space uh, is for alignments between conservatives and the old liberals uh, who used to, you know, lib liberal, the root word is liberty. Right. And there's some good friendships to be made there. In his book, Deceiving the Sky, uh, Inside Communist China's Drive for Global Supremacy, Bill Gertz describes in detail China's massive intellectual property theft of U.S. military secrets and commercial innovations, 
through cyber theft and unfair trade practices and its rogue behavior in the South China Sea, destroying satellites orbiting the Earth. And the recent threat that China presents that we have all experienced this year with uh, the COVID-19 pandemic. Congressman Brad, you have been addressing the China threat to the U.S. for years. Why was nothing done about China before President Trump's administration? Uh, the answer is straight economics. The U.S. was growing at 2%. China was growing at 10%. If you're a self-interested firm, where are you going to place your next investment? So the logic globally was to move everything to China. And we did all the supply chains that you noted when it comes even to national security interests like our pharmaceuticals. The MBAs out of Harvard who are supposed to be intelligent all shoved all the supply chains, right? They, they ignored Finance 101, uh, which lesson number one is diversify your portfolio. We did nothing of the sort. We shoved every asset class for China. That's the short answer there. And, and now uh, under President Trump, we, we halted it. Uh, we still have not solved it by any means. Uh, part of it was just uh, part of the solution. It's just going to be the natural economic logic that you should diversify so we're going to move some back uh, but none of it's for the right intent right the idea and what gertz shows everybody needs to read bill gertz's book deceiving the sky because it, it after you read that the evidence is sufficient that you will conclude that china is at war with us and and that matters it this this is not hyperbole we are at war uh, China said they saw very clearly what we did uh, with Iraq. We decapitated the uh, military intelligence uh, in that country uh, so that the, the kinetic war with uh, traditional weapons was easy. E easy does not mean you know morally good. People are killed, obviously. Brothers and sisters, God made. They saw very clearly they could not compete with us. They not only concluded, they strategized, and uh, Bill Gertz shows in his book, Deceiving the Sky is an old uh, Chinese proverb that uh, your defenses should be underground, seven layers so far deep, the emperor doesn't even know what you're doing, and your offenses similarly should be so, so well disguised. Uh, that the opposition has a hard time stating what just happened. The greatest example there is the uh, Wuhan virus, right? They sent actively a virus on uh, 400,000 flights after they shut down their own Beijing airports, they allowed 400,000 flights to go out to Milan, New York, San Francisco. And uh, it, as a rational person, if you can't draw the proper conclusion, then the country has lost our minds. On that, I'll just recommend one other book everyone needs to read is Alan Bloom, his famous Closing of the American Mind back in 86. It was an indictment on higher education and an indictment on uh, our failure as a culture to pursue absolute truth. And that is coming to haunt us. So what would your advice be for the next steps to see U.S. economy grow with uh, allies that we can trust? I mean, we need to grow because the debt has become obviously too large for yeah. have a stagnant economy. So what would you suggest as the next steps for the U.S. economy to have a faster pace of growth? The obvious first step has to be to realign the politics uh, so that we get a, a moral majority again. You can call it whatever you like, but you better have 51% of the populace on the, on the conservative and uh, the old liberal side joining together to let their voices be heard in Washington, D.C. The only thing D.C. respects is power. Uh, without that 
force in place, they will continue to go to China and continue with the oligarchs in the six huge tech industries. And then after you have that or concurrently with forming up that 51% uh, required for the common good that our founders agreed with, by the way, that formulation and Alan Bloom and his introduction to that book agrees with, then you need to get an independent media conglomerate put together from soup to nuts that's not dependent anywhere at its foundation all the way through the top legs of it on uh, the big firms uh, or they can cut off communication to the country which and they've already shown they're, they're willing to cut off the president of the united states so if any of you out there don't think this is serious business right now in terms of your first amendment rights uh, I, I hate to tell you you're sadly mistaken so you got to get the populist band back together people that are united on uh, the judeo-christian tradition the rule of law james madison the constitution pro-business free markets nothing radical right just the things that made us great and we need to reunite around that and then get a media platform uh, like you're doing right now to share basic ideas and educate the american people as to how bad it is and they better get active this is not uh this is no time to be passive. People need to play an active role in their government because the people are the sovereign. Well, thank you so much, Congressman Brad. This uh, positive message for the future. We need to all get engaged, involved, and uh, be more active. Our voices need to be heard, that's for sure. Thank you so much for joining us today. Amen. God bless everyone out there. Merry Christmas. Happy New Merry Year. Christmas. Thank you so much indeed. Thank you, Congressman Brad. You bet. This is America's Roundtable from Washington, D.C., an initiative of the U.S.-based think tank International Leaders Summit in partnership with Lancer Broadcasting in Michigan. We thank you for joining us on America's Roundtable. I am Jolan Ansami, your co-host joined by Natasha Sardorj, economist and co-founder of the International Leaders Summit. America's Roundtable brings together leading voices from business, government, media, and the public policy arena. Subscribe to America's Roundtable on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and via YouTube on International Leaders Summit. Visit iLeadersSummit.org.